You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin by calling in the helping spirits to be with us here today. So I call out first to your ancestors and then to mine. I call out to those people who lived before us, those who lived well and died well, and those who bring with them the legacy of all that is good and true and beautiful in our family lines. I call out to these ancestors to gather round to help us to learn from those who have gone before us that we might do what the living must do in a good way. May we hold true to those principles that must be lived for all life to flourish here on this planet that spins through this universe at this time. May we know this from those who have gone before us and may we also find strength with our ancestors behind us to reach forward, to innovate and to create and to do things that perhaps have never been done before because that is what our time is calling for from us. So I ask our ancestors to help us to meet our time, to be the living, and to do what must be done for those who are coming. And so with this rich and diverse uh, group of ancestors gathered around us more and more and more in each day as we develop our relationship with them, uh, as I feel this growing, I give thanks. I give thanks for the presence of the ancestors that bring this legacy into our lives. And may we work with them so that we are better at being the men and women that we have come here to be. And with the ancestors gathered round, let us draw our awareness in from wherever it might be, into our head, from our head to our heart, from our heart to our belly. And from our belly, let's reach down for a moment and touch the earth. And let us reach into the earth with great gratitude for this day, whatever the day holds for you. We give great gratitude for life, for the great diversity of life around us, for the constant teaching that life offers us, for the constant gifts and the generosity of life. We give thanks and we give thanks for the wonder and the beauty of the miracle of life itself. We give thanks to the earth for abundance. We give thanks to the earth for all that it is that allows life to continue here. And mostly this means we give thanks to her for her great dreaming and the generosity in that dream that allows us as humans, no matter what the mess is that we have made, to change, to heal, and to transform as long as we are breathing. So we give thanks to the earth for her dreaming of life on the face of this beautiful planet. And then we reach down from the surface of the earth down through all the layers of the earth, drawing our energy down with our intention and our choice to be grounded. And we ground our energy there all the way down into the very center of the earth. And in the center of the earth, let us take a moment to be in the stillness, to be in the silence, to be in the darkness, to be in the very center of this energy. 
before we call this energy up and ask it to rise up into our lives just like water rises fresh clear clean and pure to the surface of the earth we draw the energy of the earth up drawing it into our life that we might use it to create a sense of groundedness in our life and that we draw on the energy of the earth to create a sense in our day of home a sense of hearth and a sense of home and hearth and belonging that gives us the strength to open our doors to the other to invite in those who are different than we are and to understand that it is from the other that we will become the people that we are meant to be not from those who already believe everything we already believe so we give thanks to the energy of the earth for this diversity and we ask her to help us help us to understand how to connect and from our sense of connection to understand interconnection and ultimately the great oneness of all things and understanding in that oneness that everything has its place. Let us step into our place to step up to know what we stand for in our life and to be the person we've been meant to be in that great oneness. But at the same time, open up and realize we are insignificant in that great oneness just as we are essential. And let us open up and be grateful for all the great diversity, all there is to learn, all there is to grow, all there is in this oneness. So with great, great gratitude to the earth, let us continue to draw the energy of the earth up from our bellies to our hearts, our hearts to our minds, and from our minds all the way up. And we send this energy and our own energy out through all the layers of the sky, up through the weather, whatever it holds for you today out through the atmosphere and all the way out into the cosmos reaching all the way to the highest power of the universe by whatever name you know this energy and whatever way you conceive of it to reach out to it to connect to it and to begin to draw that energy down into yourself into your day into these proceedings and in this way we draw in the essential energy of blessing we draw in the energy of protection and devotion and commitment and we draw in that energy that inspires us and helps to illuminate that which we have not yet seen, helps us to illuminate that which we refuse to see. And so we call this energy in to ourself, into our head and our heart, our heart and our belly and send it all the way down to the center of the earth. And in this way we connect earth and sky. And we allow these energies to be merged and connected and one within us. And from this great dance of these two great legendary lovers, the yin and the yang, the earth and the sky, from this great love, we ask our heart to awaken. And may the spirit of this big love awaken the spirit of our hearts that it opens to us here today and functions as the great crucible of transformation that it is, drawing up the fiery passions of the belly and down the crystal clarity of the mind that these two energies might dance together. And in that passionate tango that they might give birth to the third and most essential thing that we must sense in this life, which is our sense of why we are here our sense of the gifts that we have to bring to the world. And may we find in this heart, in this very particular human heart, the courage that we need to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts forward. And so we give great gratitude to all of these energies around us that hold us in this day and help us, help to support us in doing what we've come into this life to do. And I also have great gratitude to Darcy, Sarah, Shaw, Katrina, Sherwood, Malama, David, 
Kayleen, and Susan. These are all listeners who happen to have figured out how to make a monthly contribution through their own PayPal um, accounts, and I appreciate that. It does simplify things for everybody. So thank you all very much for your ability to donate financially to the show. Um, This helps to keep the show on the air. For those of you that don't know, Why Shamanism Now is listener-supported radio. It is because listeners are able to donate um, amounts, large and small, that we're able to pay the bills that keeps the show on the air. And so I'm very, very grateful to those of you that are able to do that if this show is meaningful to you in any way if it moves you in the heart even if it moves you to unpleasant places i ask you to recognize the fact that you have been moved in the heart and to make that most shamanic of acts that core of shamanic teachings which is that our actions in the world are motivated by the movement in our heart And I ask you to do something large or small to help the show to grow. Um, One simple thing you all can do is like the show Facebook page and share the postings about the show. Um, There are many, many things you can do that you're far more savvy than I am about with social networking. But anything that you can do to help the show to grow is appreciated. And I particularly appreciate those of you that are actually doing things in your life with what we talk about on the show. And I thank you for those emails that come randomly that share with me how – Um, You are using some idea from a show or some set of shows to actually change something in your life. And um, those emails are very nourishing. So thank you. Today's show comes from listeners' show ideas. And so if you're a new listener, understand that I also – many shows are created as an answer to someone's question. So I thank you all for all the things you are doing to keep the show alive and well. And I thank Co-Creator Network for supporting us. For those of you that don't know, the radio show has its own website, whyshamanismnow.com, and the simplest way to donate is just to click the support button on the website. You can donate any amount, large or small, and if you are uncomfortable with online donations, please just email me at christina at lastmasscenter.org. I would be happy to give you an actual regular old-fashioned address so you can send a regular old-fashioned check. So thank you, everyone. Um, we are live today. If you have questions about today's topic, you are welcome to call in at 512-772-1938. Or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site from the Skype button. Or you can just email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And for those of you that have been asking, the calendar on lastmaskcenter.org website um, is current – Not all of the registration buttons are up yet, but all of the classes and the dates and all that are available for your viewing for 2014. All right, so today's topic is chronic illness and shamanism. So chronic illness, as many many of us are unfortunate to know, comes in many forms. It comes um, in physical illness like arthritis or diabetes. It comes in emotional illnesses like depression. Mental illness like phobias or OCD, um, and it comes as chronic spiritual illnesses like what we now generally call post-traumatic stress disorder. Chronic illnesses are the United States' leading cause of death, many of which could be prevented, and it is a cause of lifelong disability. Whatever the form of chronic illness, it can become a ser- it can come to seriously compromise the quality of your life and mushroom into um, enormous healthcare costs. So today's show is in response to actually a number of listeners who have asked um, about shamanism and chronic illness. Um, and 
I'm going to stop right here. Um, so those of you who are enjoying good health today, let us give thanks for the health that we enjoy. It's not that it is a luxury, but it is not something we should take uh, for granted. And those of you who are listening but are not blessed in this day uh, by good health, may the show perhaps in some way be a blessing for you. Um, your body does know how to heal. My body does. Our bodies know how to heal. Um, so we can all at least give thanks for that. Uh, with great gratitude for the good health that I experience today, in this moment, I bow humbly to the topic. Um, to, to be in a state of chronic discomfort, chronic pain, chronic illness, um, is extremely challenging for human beings for the simple reason, for all of us, for the simple general reason, that it's very hard to make wise decisions when we feel crappy. <laughs> it's very simple. But it's a big deal if we feel crappy every day. And the problem is that um, a chronic illness, because we don't feel good every day, leads often to just the simple inability to make the solid decisions that any human being needs to make to live well. And so it becomes a spiral. And so one of the first things that chronic illness does is that it highlights a choice we actually all need to be making every day, regardless of our state of health, which is honestly, we all need to be choosing every day what kind of person we want to be, how we will approach the day. And chronic illness just highlights that choice. You know, it puts it on a plate every morning, the first thing. It, it puts you in a place where regardless of how you feel, you must choose who you are, what you value, the person you will be in that day. And that is one of the great challenges. And if you can do that, then all these other possibilities unfold. And I mean, I think of myself, I'm, I generally enjoy good physical health and I'm a horrible child. I'm a baby when I start to feel bad. And I'm not even talking about chronic illness. And so I really, I, I mean this very sincerely. It is extremely hard to make wise choices when we feel bad. It's very, very human. And the problem with any chronic illness is you will, in a sense, for a period of time, wake up every day feeling bad. And so this issue, this human, very human issue, very humble human issue of choosing every day who you will be, what you value, what matters to you, becomes paramount. Because if we, if we lose that, then we lose the capacity to make the choices necessary to allow healing. And so this is, this is a critical issue in every day, but particularly when we take on this, this, this topic of chronic illness. Now, the other thing I'd like to say is that there are many, many types of chronic illness, and I cannot possibly address them all in an hour-long podcast, <laughs> not remotely. And so today I would like to discuss the chronic illnesses that arise as life progresses. In other words, not chronic illnesses we're born with, but those that arise as life progresses. And I'd like to talk about how shamanism can be a part of a viable approach to transforming 
the progress of that chronic illness to transform that. And I, and while, while you may think listening to the show that I'm actually saying shamanic healing can't help, I'm not, I'm trying through this show today to bring us to a realistic idea of what it is that we need to do if we're in a state of chronic illness to allow shamanism to be helpful for us. That it is not, um, it's not a prescriptive medicine. Shamanic healing is not, you know, if you feel this way, take two soul retrievals and call me in the morning. I mean, it, it, it doesn't work that way. And yet it's approached, you know, in all honesty, contemporary people approach shamanic healing as if it's just another modality in the contemporary perspective of health and well-being without recognizing that the entire system of shamanic healing is its own system of health and well-being that doesn't really dovetail all that well with the beliefs and practices of um, allopathic medicine Um, it's actually more compatible frankly with chinese medicine but chinese medicine is also another system of healing that exists in an entirely different understanding of why we get ill why we feel bad and what to do about it. And so my point is, well, my point in, in this part is that shamanic healing works best if we approach it shamanically. <laughs> but most people don't really understand what that means. So I'm going to try to talk about that today. So before I dive in this, I want to say I do actually believe that shamanic healing may in fact be required to get out of a lot of these um, different chronic illness conditions that happen in life that we create. But what I'd like to talk about today is how that can happen, how that magic can really happen. So on the other thing, I just want to be clear um, because I don't want to upset people that have children that are born sick because that's a really just challenging and hard situation in so 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 many ways and 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 frankly from a shamanic perspective uh, when a person is born with a chronic illness or a potentially terminal problem that's an entirely different situation it 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 doesn't it doesn't even actually fit into what i'm talking about today Um, usually from a shamanic perspective what's happening in that kind of situation is that the health challenges the child is facing um, are are being uh, influenced by factors that are completely outside of the child's control or outside of their sphere of influence. For for example, especially today, like a really heavy, um, toxic um, load of unresolved ancestral issues that are that are that are getting pushy. You know that there's this there's a sense that they must get resolved now and so it can be some sort of burden like that coming on to the child's shoulders that is not a situation they created in and of themselves um and and so anything that has to do with children is touchy because children are in a different state than adults are in they are they they are they do have free will but they are also dependent which creates a conflict with the free will and i hope this year to do a little bit of a mini series in radio shows about children so perhaps we'll come back to this issue but that's not what we're talking about today what we're talking about today is chronic illnesses that develop not the ones that we're born with. Uh, the one interesting thing about some of these chronic conditions that children are born with is that many of them do grow out of them, like growing out of asthma 
or something like that. And so even those conditions people are sometimes born with are not necessarily a forever relationship. They, they may change. So it, it is a very interesting discussion. It's just not today's discussion. So we're talking about chronic illnesses that develop over time. All right. So recently, um, I've had this sudden rush of long-distance clients. Well, some long-distance clients, but also just emails. I mean, I do get emails from people like any other practitioner that just say, this is my problem. Can you help me? So Lately, there's been this sudden rush of people bringing, <coughs> excuse me, chronic illnesses, but but in particular from this perspective, chronic chronic illnesses to fix, right? So these presenting problems basically fall into two types of groups. There's um, the of these adult onset illnesses. Um, one is physical illnesses, and the other is what I would call energetic illness. Now, this is not how the people describe them, but from a shamanic perspective, it's what it is. It's a person who is living in a chronic, toxic, unhealthy, energetic relationship with the world, with other people, with everything, with themselves. And, um, and so from a shamanic perspective, it's, it's essentially the energetic equivalent to a, a chronic physical illness. So, these chronic illnesses people are talking about may have other allopathic diagnoses, which may be helpful or may be distracting. So, for example, if you've been tested and you come up with something like celiac uh, condition, or I don't think it's really a disease, I think it's just a condition. But anyway, um, you, if that's what shows up, then that's really helpful information because it's very clear what needs to be done. If that's the case, you need to do it for the rest of your life. It's very simple. And, and frankly, it can change things astronomically, right? On the other hand, if you're tested and you come, with, come up with some vague non-diagnosis like chronic fatigue, um, it's not really all that helpful. It's not that what gets called cr- chronic fatigue isn't a cluster of very real symptoms. Um, it's just that the diagnosis doesn't really tell us anything the person walking in didn't already know. I mean, if you don't know you have celiac condition. It's news and it changes everything. You make the changes you need to make, stop eating gluten, educate yourself where gluten is, don't eat it, your life changes. I mean that's really um, helpful information. But, but there's a lot of information we get from the allopathic medical system whose great strength is testing. So I'm not saying don't engage in it, but we get answers which we're expected to treat like answers, and they're non-answers. Celiac's an answer, right? Chronic fatigue's not an answer. It doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't tell you why what is happening to you is happening. See what I mean? So anyway, so so here I am. Imagine me here reading an email from someone who desperately needs help, and the email goes on and on and on. Now, Some of you have sent me emails that go on and on and on, but they're really wonderful because all you're really doing is you're telling me a story. And sometimes that story involves how the radio show has helped or or it's just how shamanism has helped. I mean, it's not necessarily about me, but what's lovely about the story is you're just sharing a story about your life, about the weirdness of it, about whatever happened, and about what you learned. I'm I'm not talking about those emails. I'm talking about the emails that people send that have this long story 
of all the energetic disasters and problems and chronic illnesses and everything that's happened, and they basically in the email say, um, fix me. Can you fix me? And I always find this situation very perplexing. And, and, and in part because shamanic healing can't help them. I mean, I do know that. I do have a sense. Shamanic healing, maybe not with me, but with somebody, can help them. And so it's a very perplexing question because, of course, the simple answer to the question is yes. Shamanic healing can help you. But the sheer logic of this whole dynamic, whether it's a conversation with someone or an email, never ceases to amaze me. Because regardless of the details of this kind of story that says, you know, blah, 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 blah happened to me, somebody else did this to me, these things happened to me, and then this happened to me, and now will you fix me, right? The, the logic of that that never ceases to amaze me is no matter the details, what that story is really saying is... I, a human being who is a sovereign being, have crafted this uh, chronic problem for decades and it now affects every facet of my being, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, so I can't take it any longer and I would like you to fix it in one session, please. (laughs) It's just like the logic of this. Chronic problems are developing over many, many small choices over a long time by the time someone finally gets desperate enough to call a shaman. And, and that's not a shamanic emergency. The fact that you've just now figured out shamanism can help you doesn't make it an emergency. It was emergency back 30 years ago when you first got hit riding your bike. That's when it was an emergency. Now it's a chronic situation. And it's a chronic situation that you're going to need to engage in changing because you actually engaged in the creation of it, um, as it would be true for me as well. So the, the challenge with these, these stories is that it just displays, it displays such a profound misunderstanding of what is going on here, meaning here human beings living on the planet, which we come by honestly. This is not, I'm not judging or bashing people. We come by this idea honestly that we should be able to do whatever we want to do, eat whatever we want to eat, spend however much time we want to do doing whatever we want to, run our energy and relationship dynamics any way we want to, have sex with whoever we want to, do whatever we want to in life, and that should add up to the life we want. That's essentially what the American culture teaches you. So we come by this misunderstanding honestly. It is still a misunderstanding, and this is a place that I feel my culture has profoundly failed me and profoundly failed you, that this is a place that our culture is simply wrong at best and lying intentionally at worst because someone's making a profit somewhere. And I'm not even a big conspiracy guy or gal, but... This is a profound failure. And so if you want to get out of your chronic illness, you got to get out of this whole misunderstanding about life. So this is the reason one of our first principles in the cycle teachings is if something's not working for you, stop carrying it around. So if the cultural baggage you've been giving isn't working for you, stop carrying it around. So what we need to understand is that every day, whether we feel ill or not, Every day, every single day of our life is the sum total of our beliefs in that moment. 
um, and those those are the beliefs that we are aware that we carry and the ones that we are no longer consciously aware of. And this understanding that we are the sum total of our beliefs in that moment includes our chronic illnesses. So we craft these illnesses perfectly. They're not a mistake. It's not an error. Um, it's, it, it could be based on some mis- misinformation. But the point is there is a reason for the illnesses that we experience. There's a lot of options, in other words, for illnesses out there. So there's a reason. So this, this path has been crafted that, that the illness is also part of the sum total of your beliefs. And this is a really important thing to understand from a shamanic perspective, which means you're not being judged for that. You're not being blamed for that. You shouldn't be shamed for that. That it's just accepting the simple reality of a human being and their life and where life comes from. Is, is, it, is it largely comes out of the complex network of our choices. And that is not a cause and effect blame you, blame me judgment thing that I just said. That from a shamanic perspective, it's about understanding the oneness of things and the power of our choices and that we are a sovereign being. And so we are the one that is creating the life that we are living and that we are the sum total of that in any moment. And shamanic healing is at its best when we can receive it from that place of understanding. Right, And of course, when we're chronically ill and we feel like crap, that's not really very helpful. But it doesn't change the fact that it is what's operating underneath things. So I'm sorry I'm being a little bit distracted. I have a really long question here. <laughs> I'm trying not to lose my train of thought. I, or should I read the question? I don't know what to do. Anyway, so <clears throat> so the thing that's important to understand about shamanism is that the path to healing must unfold and that the choices that you have made must be unchosen. So, for example, if some of the choices you've made that lay the groundwork for your chronic illness were made during a time in your life where you experienced soul loss, shamanic healing could help you very much by bringing those soul parts back so that you could change those choices that were made. But you have to be willing energetically to integrate those soul parts and then in your primary present time person, change the choices, change the beliefs. So if you're not, if you're in a chronic state of depletion where you're not willing to do that part of the work, those very same soul retrievals aren't going to help you that much. So that's the, the, struggle here that I'm trying to talk about in the same way I brought up in the morning, simply making good choices when you don't feel well is hard. And so if you're engaging shamanic healing when you don't feel feel well to be part of the path to feel better, you've got to be willing to hitch up your britches and do what is necessary to allow the shamanic healing to actually help. It's, 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 it's challenging work. It's not therapeutic. So, so it's not that shamanism can't help. I'm just trying to be realistic. It's going to take time and work on your part. You know, so in other words, I get an email about 30 years that have resulted in a particular energetic or chronic situation. No, one soul retrieval isn't going to fix that. I don't care who the shaman is. That's not the point. 
the point is it can help to turn the tide and begin the process you will need to walk to walk out of that chronic illness that you've walked into, right? And again, this isn't coming from a place of judgment. This is coming from a place of understanding our power and sovereignty in our life. So if you want to change your life, you have to change. So if your challenge, your chronic illness of whatever it is, has affected every facet of your being, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, then you will need to change physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And to just understand that going into any process of healing is really important. You don't get to stay the same. That's what your chronic illness is telling you. I mean, the truth of the matter is, to live my soul's purpose, I didn't get to stay the same either. None of us do. But what chronic illness is telling us is your time is up. You don't get to be this person anymore. Change now. So you'll need to change at the depth also that allows you to release the life whose logical, logical conclusion was the chronic illness. Remember, you're the sum total of your beliefs in any moment. So if you don't like that sum total because it involves chronic illness, then you need to change the math. You need to change the choices so that it can add up to a different life, which means you've got to change at the level of your beliefs. And so if we go back to a show that I did, I can't remember when, but it's a show on cancer. One of the things we were talking about in that show is we were talking about sort of quote-unquote miracle cures that people have received through shamanism relative to, to can't particularly terminal cancer diagnoses. And they weren't all shamanic healing, but my point is what appeared to be miracle cures for people, miracles relative to our allopathic healthcare system. But what was true in each of these stories is that the person left their life. They walked out entirely of the old person that they were. I don't mean left their wife like I left my wife behind. I abandoned my children. I quit my job. I mean they did do – some of those people did do those things. But more important, they left behind the person that they were, the network of choices that made up the person that they were. They gave up on that life, the goals of that life, the dreams of that life, everything that was that life. And they walked out of it. And that allowed them to walk into a new life. And in that context, they got miracle cures. And that, that's better talked about in, the, in that cancer and shamanism show. But it's the same idea. So the good news about this is that we craft these illnesses perfectly over time with our choices. That's actually good news. It's not a judgment. It's not a blame. It's, it's actually really good news because that means that we simply now need to find, to unfold the path to unchoose. And that that path is a path to our true self. And I don't mean that as a simplistic New Age bumper sticker. I, I honestly, um, I mean that people mostly see illness as a distraction from what they intended to be doing. But the path of healing is always a path to your true self. It is not a detour. And it is not the easiest path to walk. But that's what it's doing in your life is saying, take this path. This is your shortcut to your true self. So in in some ways, this is one of the simplest paths because the steps are right there in the physical world for you to see 
because they're manifest in your symptoms, right? But I will say right now, it is not the easiest. It is by far not the easiest. And yet, at the point that you've manifest chronic illness, in your, and again, not judgmentally, but in the, pack, in the point that we manifest chronic illness as part of our life, we don't have a choice. It's there. It has to be addressed. So with chronic illness, it's really important to change sooner rather than later. This is one of the problems with these emails I get 30 years later. You know, the person is wrecked because they tried everything else first. And the longer that you listen to non-answers from alternative healthcare providers or allopathic healthcare providers, there's a whole lot of people that spend time affirming things in their crystals and not actually attending to their symptoms, to their physical well-being, to changing their energy. You know, I mean, anyone can lead you astray, right? So I'm not blaming any system right now. They're all equally capable of leading you astray. So the longer you listen to non-answers and keep trying to heal your illness and keep your old life, um, the more you will deplete your vitality and your life force resources. Excuse me. And everyone needs vitality and life force resources to heal. So don't use these precious resources up by spinning your wheels and trying to do two things, trying to hold on to your old life your old personality, your old dreams, your old everything, and heal. You need to be willing to let the sum total of who you are go and discover who it is that you could be that would not be ill. So how would you know how to do this? Right? Nice words, Christina, but, you know, screw you. I feel like crap today. I've had this chronic illness for, you know, 12 years, and so... I'm turning off the radio now. (laughs) I get it. I get it. So the first place, though, because you will receive tons of information from the world if you go looking for information, some of it will be good. At least half of it will be misleading, right? So how do you know? Well, you need to either ask your truth cord. So if you don't have a truth cord, you need to cultivate one. And there's a radio show about that. Or you need to talk to your helping spirits. Now, it would be best if you had both, but... You're chronically ill, one thing at a time. So the first thing I would encourage people to do is to learn to journey and to do whatever you need to do to actually learn to journey. In other words, this is part of the path. So if you need to do certain things to be able to focus better so that you can journey, great. If you need to work on your your creative imagination so your journeys are more, um, I don't know, creative, then Buy one of those millions of little books out there to expand your imagination. I mean, do what is necessary to learn to journey. If you need to take your meds to journey, take your meds. You know, it's like I don't – I'm not an anti-pharmaceutical person. My perspective is if you need to take your whatever to engage in your healing process, do that and engage in your healing process until you no longer need to take your whatevers. I mean, anyway. So – If you need to wake up 20 minutes earlier in your day so that you can journey before you go to work, uh, whatever. Do whatever you need to do so that you can journey. And this is why. First and foremost, your helping spirits can directly give you healing energy. Now, this is not a long-term solution to a chronic problem, but it helps. And so there's, there's a renewable resource right there. 
Now, if that's all you do and you just start leaning on the spirit world, that will go away quickly. But if it's one of the things you do to help you sustain a sincere effort towards your healing and transformation, that resource will be there for you. There is healing guidance for you. I mean, chronic illness is one of the main reasons to journey every day. What do I need to do today? And work with your helping spirits about what it is that you need to be doing for whatever it is you're trying to accomplish relative to your healing. So now the third thing you can get from journeying is if you're truly journeying, then your helping spirits will begin to guide you to the other things that you need to be doing to heal. Now, if you're just eddying out with your helping spirits in your journeys and asking them to heal you, then you're kind of missing my point here about what journeying can do. My main point here is that journeying can help you co-create the path that's woven together of different, pra- different healers at different times, different modalities, um, a period of time in a certain kind of therapy and then not being in it. You know, all of this kind of path that's going to unfold for your healing, um, they can help you in discerning all of your options, making choices, help you understand that. And, um, but for that, you need to be engaged with your helping spirits as um, companions in co-creating this journey that you're on to walk out of your old life and into a life that doesn't require you to have chronic illness. Um, now, the other thing, because as I've said, waking up every day feeling bad is hard. It's really hard. So the other thing your helping spirits can do is help you to restore your vision for, and your hope, your possibility for when you lose sight of what could be. There's some days you just have to grit your teeth and do what you know you need to do. And that's true in, real li- in, in life without illness. But it's particularly true in life with illness. Like some days you just have to do the things you know you need to do and you're not necessarily going to feel better because you did them. A lot of us do our little spiritual things because we feel better. It's not necessarily about that. It's about doing what we need to do so that we can support being the people we came here to be. And that doesn't feel good every day. Okay. Anyway, moving along. So the final thing, that means huge list of what you can do journeying with your helping spirits when you're ill, how they can help you. But another important thing about it is through journeying, You can forge healthy relationships with problematic pharmaceuticals you might need to do, problematic treatments like chemo or radiation, um, problematic insects that may be part of your problem, that through journeying, you can discover what's what with some of these things. Who are you? What do you do? How, How can I be in a relationship with you that is healthful for me? And people don't think about that, that we don't realize... Everything is a relationship, and that means every relationship, the quality of every relationship can potentially be changed if we can explore what that is and understand the change to make. Now, I am not saying journey instead of doing other things. I'm saying take control of the direct revelation in your life so that you have trust base with your helping spirits to work with you as you do the other things you will need to do in your healing and as you're doing them work with your helping spirits that is that is meant to happen simultaneously even the shamanic healing you might receive will definitely um you will be able to engage with it more fully if you already know how to journey okay so 
receiving shamanic healing at this stage, let's say all you've done uh, with your chronic illness is learn how to journey and done some of these five things I just talked about. Shamanic healing at this stage might help. It, it might not. If you're not able to integrate the transformations that shamanic healing will bring, then it's not going to help that much. Now, I've done work with people in this stage because they simply needed the energy back. But it didn't create the kind of change it could have created for them if they could have really fully integrated the energy. In, in, other, in other words, it was a bit like pouring water in a leaky bucket. Okay. So the bottom line is that there are things that will need to happen eventually anyway. So in the spirit of not spinning your wheels and using up precious vitality and life force, I would suggest that you just do the next things on the list and that you do that at a basic level first, um, just as a matter of course, just a matter, just as a matter of this is how I walk out of my old life. So, you know, we simply have to accept what I said earlier in the show that eating whatever we want to eat doing whatever we want whenever we want to, sleeping with who we want to, running our energy however we want to, living how we want to does not give us the life that we want. I know it seems counterintuitive, but doing whatever you want doesn't result in the life that you want. We all have to make decisions to cultivate the life we want, which often requires sacrificing the life that we have. If you are already in a chronically ill state, then you will definitely have to sacrifice the life that you have. That's what chronic illness is telling us. People always assume this means leave your job, abandon your children, like I said before, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making a 100% overhaul of the choice network that makes up your life. And this is about you changing all the little choices you make every day, all day long. And so this is why I'm so perplexed when someone says, you know, can you fix me with one shamanic healing session? Well, no, because you're making decisions all day long that are part of this network of choice that creates this life of which your chronic illness is a part of the logical conclusion. So if you're already chronically ill, your body is telling you that you have to sacrifice this life now, and perhaps that sacrifice is overdue. So there's five areas that you will likely need to deal with. So you might as well just buck up and deal with it, right? And the first will be food. You need to educate yourself as to what a simple carb actually is and stop eating them. Educate yourself as to what processed food means and stop eating it. So in this way, you will understand that a non-GMO organic brown rice cake is a highly processed simple carb. Don't eat it. And so just basic dietary change, educate yourself, and with that, stop eating wheat, corn, soy, and dairy for now. And all GMO foods for now, right? And that these are just basic su- suggestions. There are other things that may likely need to happen. These changes aren't going to kill anybody. They're not going to hurt anybody. And let's just keep it simple for now because these are basic changes. The next thing is deal with your toxicity. Every single one of us living in a post-nuclear world is toxic. So unless we are actually engaging in things regularly to detoxify ourselves. It's the nature of American life right now. So consider a food cleanse. Given whatever your health situation is, under the care of a practitioner, consider a food cleanse of some kind or 
whatever cleanse seems appropriate given what your illness is, given what kind of toxicity it tends to generate. But with that said, I would also encourage you to think about your toxic thoughts. Think about the toxicity of your chronic emotional choices. Yes, those emotions are choices, people. Right? Think about the toxicity of your spiritual beliefs. If you believe in a God that you think has told you for whatever reason, in the virtue of your birth, like you're a woman or whatever, that you are evil or sinful, you need to think about the toxicity of that spiritual belief and whether or not that's really supporting you and your health and well-being. That's just an example. There are many, many toxic spiritual beliefs. So step two is detoxify. And don't just look at it physically because this is about the complex web uh, network of choices that you've created. The next thing about illness is we, human beings, you've incarnated as a human. If you're listening to this show, you're most likely human, as far as I can tell. So you need to circulate your blood. You also need to circulate your chi. But if that's too weird an idea, just think about your blood. We need to circulate. Where blood and chi stagnates, we get ill. Now, if you're feeling crappy, moving your blood isn't such an easy idea. Nonetheless, it needs to happen. So I would suggest that you consider your health, your age, your experience level with things, and take the next step. Don't set some crazy goal you're not going to be able to do. But if you're bedridden, you know, get up and walk around the room. You know, take a step that is doable and then build on those steps progressively. But that ultimately, in your new life that you create for yourself, where you are not chronically ill, you will need to do something aerobic that is appropriate for your age and your um, overall health. So before I go further with this, let me just comment one thing. I did a session recently with a man who's in a pretty progressed stage of a chronic illness and is is honestly looking at um, his death coming in the not-too-distant future. And what I appreciated about him asking for help from me is what he asked for was do whatever shamanic healing you can to help me in healing myself. And it's not that I necessarily think he needs to heal himself. But what I appreciated about it is that he understood going into it that we were a team, that we were both doing this, that, that we were working on this together. And I really appreciated that. And so did the spirits, actually, because they responded quite robustly to his request um, and, and brought a lot to him. And so this is partly what I'm trying to say today is how we participate in this path of healing makes all the difference in the world. Okay, so but back to my list. Okay, food, toxicity, exercise. Another important thing is energy exercise. Do you know the basic structure of your energy body? By virtue of being a human, you have an energy body. You need to cultivate it and not be afraid to use it and not let other people run over it. It's very, very important to understand the primary structure of your energy body, your center channel, your grounding, your boundaries, your chakras – or just your three main energy centers, belly, heart, and mind, and how to work with these energies intentionally. <clears throat> and so, oh, I'm the name. Oh, there's a series of radio shows that are about 
this, and I'm spacing out on their name right now. Sorry about that. But anyway, that was number four is you need to exercise your energy body and be aware of your energy body and be aware of how your choices you're making relative to your energy body are affecting your life. And finally, your spiritual life. You have to cultivate, at the very least, an honest inner dialogue. If you don't believe in spirit or God or something larger than humans, that's fine. But you, Mr. or Mrs. I'm the identity person, need to make an honest inner relationship with your soul, with your inner self. If you don't even believe in souls, okay, fine. With your heart, whatever you want to call it. But there's an inner self and an outer self, and they need to be talking honestly if you want to get out of your chronic illness. Now, for those of you that actually believe there's something bigger than humans out there, you need to work on building that relationship. It's not to say that what you believe right now is wrong if you're chronically ill. It's saying it's not big enough for the person you're becoming. So whatever it is, expand it. If there's nothing, create something. If Whatever it is, you need to expand it. Perhaps you need to reach out into some other aspect of spiritual practice. But you ne- we need to have an active spiritual life. Okay. So with all of these steps, uh, we must all face our arrogance. I cannot tell you how often I go through that list of things for people to work on while I'm doing shamanic healing with them. And they say something like, well, I'm a, I'm a whatever. I'm a Zen Buddhist, or I'm a this, or I'm a that, and that's my spiritual life. Well, okay, that's fine, but it's not good enough for what you're trying to do right now. It's not that there's anything wrong with it, but you need more right now. And so there's a certain arrogance in saying, well, like, I'm not open to shamanism because I'm a, I know someone who is a Unitarian minister that's not open to shamanism, which doesn't make any sense to me. But she spins around in her illness because she's just not willing to be open to a possibility that's right in front of her face that will allow her to heal. So, again, we need to look at our own arrogance. I want my $5 latte every day. I can't live without it. Yes, you can. You know, I want this in my life. I want that in my life. Well, your chronic illness is telling you you have to be willing to give it all up, potentially. And if you need testing... Go do your testing. I mean, it's one of the great gifts of our allopathic medical system is testing. So if you need it, go and do it. So my point is that as hard as these steps are to make, especially with chronic illness, they have to be made ultimately. And especially if we want spiritual healing and shamanic healing and energy healing to be able to come in and really be the big miracle cure that can sometimes happen. So take bite-sized steps, and when you do, when you do begin to do these things, they don't have to be perfect, but when you do begin to do these things, then spirit comes behind you and begins to assist you in doing those things, and you begin to integrate the changes, and then you can begin to integrate shamanic healing, and then these changes will become easier, and your energy will begin to rise, and then you can integrate more shamanic healing. You know, it becomes this path of creating a different life, a new life, a life in which your chronic illness is not part of the logical conclusion of your belief systems. But this does require huge change. So the other kind of chronic illness I really wanted to talk about was energy illness. Um, Because from a shamanic perspective, often there is energy illness at the root of what has become chronic physical illness. Um, So... 
what I mean by energy illness is it's someone who doesn't understand that we need to choose to be grounded, that doesn't understand that we need to choose to have boundaries, that doesn't understand that they have every right to reshape the rules they believe they got for what they got to do with their energy as children into rules that allow them to live healthy and well as adults. So, for example, this woman came to me and her presenting issue was severe food allergies if she went off a very, very um, limited diet at all, even like an accidental, didn't realize there was a tiny bit of gluten in something. She, her system would go entirely out of whack and she would actually start hallucinating and a couple times was actually um, almost committed. And, and then the food would metabolize out of her system. She'd balance out and she'd be fine again. And this was uh, obviously problematic. And um, so in working with her, although there's a whole more to her story and a whole lot of other soul retrieval and other things that needed to happen, this situation, which looked like it was about food, all- food allergies and mental illness, was entirely about the fact that she had never realized that as an adult woman, she didn't have to live with the rules she got as a child that were somewhat screwed up. Um, from her family of origin. And so energetically, the relationships she was creating with every single person in her life had no grounding, no boundaries of her own, and were completely toxic. And she, her energetic body, which didn't have the energy structures it was supposed to have in it because she hadn't cultivated any of it, didn't even have the idea she needed to have it, her energy body was completely overrun by what really amounted to bad choices for an adult. Now, granted, she came by these choices honestly. So big energy clearing ensues, education around energy body, some daily practices for her to do. Within weeks, the whole food allergy sensitivity slash mental illness situation she was in was gone. Now, my point is not, ooh, shaman is a miracle cure. My point is she was living in the sum total of her choices. They were misinformed choices. They needed to be changed, and she needed some shamanic healing help to change them. But had she not been willing to to establish the changes after, she would have gone right back into the old pattern and recreated it and been right back into the food sensitivities and the mental illness. So this is my point about chronic energy illness. And this is one of the great values in, in engaging in shamanic healing when we're in a state of chronic physical illness. Because what are appearing out here as physical symptoms or even mental symptoms may actually have a, a begun much earlier as simply energy illness. And that that can be changed if you're willing to integrate the changes. And so I've once again run out of time. But in, when your situation is energy illness, I'm possessed, I'm influenced, I'm manipulated by other people's choices, um, all of that energy stuff where all these other people did these things to me is, is how you listen to how you're talking about it. All these other people did these things to me. It's energy illness. And it's basically you need to do the same five things. They're just in a somewhat different priority. You need to get your energy together. 
the whole energy exercises thing, understanding your energy body, cultivating your energy body, clearing your energy body, critically important. Spiritual life, you definitely need a new, a new understanding of spiritual life, what is necessary to support you. Then exercise, then food, then toxicity. So with chronic emotional illness, you, almost, um, you must also be willing to do these things. We cannot refuse to face ourselves. And that's the most important thing when we're looking at energy illness and spiritual, chronic spiritual illness is we can't say, I won't go there. I can't go back to when I was three. I can't go back to Vietnam. I can't, I can't go back. Well, then you're choosing to stay. And the beauty of going back is we get to see it differently and understand the piece in it we need to understand for it to be able to change. And this is what shamanic healing offers us, is the possibility for that change and transformation. And from shamanic healing, it offers us then the possibility of shamanic communities. It allows us the possibility to live differently and to give our children a culture that does not fail them so desperately. So I give thanks to the ancestors for hanging in there with us as we learn what they actually knew and find new ways to live it here in our world. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. Next week, we will have a guest, Jean-Luc Edwards, and we'll be talking about the Shamanic Conference up in BC this May. I hope you will all join us there. Join us next week to talk with Jean-Luc about what we'll be doing at that conference. And I guess that's it. Everyone, have a good week.